This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to episode two of the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike no other. Today on the show, we are loaded. NFL Week 2. Oh, boy, we got a lot to talk about in, in, in the NFL this week. A lot of bad coaching, a lot of injuries, um, but definitely a lot of good football. Better football than I thought early in the year, especially without having the preseason games. We're also going to talk about a little about how baseball uh, is benefiting from this 60 game uh from the 60 game schedule with the small markets. Uh, and then obviously we're going to go over the Vegas lines for the football games for week three. And we'll discuss some of that also as we moved on. I guess we, we were three and three again for a second week in a row with our picks. A couple of tough losses there, but so far we're six and six on the year. I got to get better. I get it. But let's start with our sponsors because that's always a primary uh, a primary thing when you're doing a show like we do. Triangle Inc. Triangle Inc. is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at triangleinc.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Vergona Cranes. Located at 180 West Forest Avenue in Englewood, New Jersey, Verona Cranes operates 24 hours a day, providing crane rentals, trucking services, and warehousing for storage. Vergona Crane services the New York and New Jersey area. Call them at 201-945-7209 or on their website at vergonacrane.com. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School. Serving the North Jersey area like no other. Contact them at ParamusDrivingSchool.com or call them at 201-986-8300. Now, let's get into week two of the NFL. And uh, look, I mean, there were a, a bunch of good games. A bunch of good games, but... We're going to start in Seattle. Uh, Seattle beat the Patriots 35-30. Russell Wilson right now is at a different level. Uh, you know, he is doing everything right. In, in fact, the only blemish over the first two games that he had was a pass that was in Greg Olson's hands that tipped uh, that tipped forward or backwards, I should say, for, for an interception and ended up being returned for a touchdown. But other than that, I mean, he has been, if he was a pitcher, he's pitching a perfect game right now through two weeks. He's the MVP of the league. I, I think he's 9-1 and one touchdown to interception ratio. Like I said, he only threw that one pick, which really isn't his fault. And I'll tell you what, Seattle's got a chance to be 5-0 and oh moving forward here because they're, they're home to Dallas. Then they're on the road to Miami before uh, coming back home to play Minnesota. So they're going to be 5-0 and going into week six when they go play Arizona on the road. So that's, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be pretty good for them. 
But that could also be a problem in that division. And we're going to talk about that more a little bit later because Arizona is also off to a 2-0 start. The Rams are off to a 2-0 start. And the 49ers are 1-1, but they're banged up. So that's something that we're going to discuss when we speak about the 49ers later on on the show. You know, something else from that from that game that, that jumped out at me is how good Cam Newton's playing. You know, I'm not the biggest Cam Newton fan. I think he's always been a great football player. Never thought he was a great quarterback, just a playmaker, a guy that, you know, is just a good football player. Um, But he's playing good football right now. I, th- I didn't think he was going to have this much in the tank. But I will tell you that I believe Bill Belichick is going to milk him for all he's got. Because I don't think Bill Belichick believes he's the guy that's going to lead his team. I think he's going to max him out this year, get what he can from him, and basically go get himself another quarterback. Part of the reason why I believe that is week one, I think they ran him more than any other week he's ever run in the NFL as as, as a starting quarterback. And, you know, that last play of the game showed you uh, where they ran that basically quarterback keeper to the left-hand side. It showed you that he doesn't really trust him yet to throw the ball. You know, in that situation, you could give yourself multiple options by throwing the ball. And basically, they chose to run a uh, run the ball there in that situation with Cam Newton. And look, the run had been working and Cam had been playing well and running the ball well on that last drive. But in that situation, that play call shows me that he's not ready to trust Cam Newton in a big spot throwing the ball. Let's move over to to what what amounted to be the craziest game of the day. Uh the 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 Cowboys stealing victory from the jaws of defeat 40 to 39 over the Falcons and you know what? Look. <laughs> First of all, let's start with the good here. One Dallas didn't quit. Two, Dallas won the game. And three, they know the rules on the onside's kick. Something that clearly the Falcons don't know. Now the bad. Everything else, especially the coaching. Let's attack Let's attack the Cowboys first. With their coaching situation here. Because all I've heard... For the last 10 years is how bad Jason Garrett was. And they went out and they got themselves a Super Bowl winning coach. This Super Bowl winning coach yesterday or Sunday, I should say, decided to fake two punts like he was a 10 point underdog to the 2007 Patriots. Neither which worked. And then in the blunder of all blunders, he decides to go for two after they had scored. They were down 15. So let me set the scene up for you. The Cowboys were down 15 and they score. Now they're down nine. In that situation, you cannot go for two because if you go for two and you don't get it, now it's a nine point game. There's only five minutes left in the game. Now the the, the Falcons know that they can basically play the clock game on you because 
they can give you the ball back. You still need it twice. But if you take the extra point and now you leave the game at eight, even though you need the two-point conversion, the Falcons now have to play football because they can't give you the ball. So now you, you obviously put them in a situation where they are up against the wall. By going for too early, you basically gave them an out. Now, let me, let, me, let me tell you what his explanation for this was. And, I, and I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to re- read what Mike McCarthy said on going for two on that play. He said, I think it's the wrong call to take the extra point in that situation. The decision to go for two there is simple mathematics where you'd rather know if it's a two-score game at the earliest time instead of taking it all the way down to the end and playing for two points at the end. Hello? Hello? That's the point. That's the point. You don't need to worry about where you're going to be. You know where you are if you go and kick the extra point early. Either way, you need a two-point conversion. Why go and do it right away after the first score? That that might be the most moronic thing that I could, and the explanation is even worse. The fact that he even had to explain that and that people listen to that is, is, is beyond ridiculous to me. But wait a minute. The only thing that gets worse with McCarthy is Dan Quinn. Who, let me tell you something. He should have been fired on the spot. On the spot. First of all, up 26-7, he decides to go for two. Chasing points early in the game. Why? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. He lost by the same point he was actually chasing that he should have just had to begin with. But listen to what he did in the blunders of all blunders that I haven't even heard anybody mention. Cowboys are down nine. They're at midfield going in 2-12, to go. They throw a pass down the left sideline. Michael Gallup jumps up, catches it, comes down. The moment that happened, you could tell, the moment you saw the first replay, you could tell that that was going to be one of those calls that you just did not have enough information to overturn. Therefore, if the ref, if the if the referee called that play incomplete because he felt that Gallup landed out of bounds, it was going to stay that way. And if he called it a catch, which they did, it was going to stay that way. It was just too close to call. What does Dan Quinn do? He's got two timeouts now. He decides to challenge that. Someone told him to challenge this. He decides to challenge that. Obviously, it doesn't get overturned. He loses a timeout. Let's fast forward now. Cowboys score. They now are down by two. Kick the extra point. They're down two. Cowboys are setting up an onside kick with a minute 48, 49. He calls another timeout. Now he doesn't have any timeouts. 
Now, we all know what happened with the onside kick. The Cowboys recovered it because his team, his special teams, allowed the ball to go 10 yards for the Cowboys to recover. But that's a whole separate issue. Now, the Cowboys have the ball with a minute 49 left. The second play of that drive, CeeDee Lamb makes a big play, puts the Cowboys in field goal range. Cowboys are clearly in field goal range now. Now, they run Ezekiel Elliott to set up the field goal. But guess what? You can't stop the clock. Why? Because you challenged the play that was never going to get overturned, and you decided to use a timeout on an on-site kick when you knew, when you knew, what, three minutes in advance, three minutes of game time in advance, that if the Cowboys scored, you were going to have to be set up for that onside kick and you had to call a timeout right before it happened? I'll tell you, I'd fire Dan Quinn on the spot if I'm the owner of that team. On the spot. That was terrible. Terrible. Let's go to Chicago. The Bears held off the Giants 17-13, up 17-0. Giants made a game of it. But the same story goes with the Giants. Every weekend, every weekend, Danny Penny's two more turnovers. He's got two touchdowns and three interceptions on the year and another fumble. He lost a fumble in this game, which was the big issue last year. QBR, 24th in the league. Again, they're going to get moments of flashes from this kid. I know he's still basically... In year one of his career, I guess he's getting now to game 17 or 18 of his of his career. But, I mean, come on. I mean, you had guys yesterday or on Sunday play that are showing you a lot more with the same type of games. You got to do a better job of protecting the ball. You know, um, Barkley, hurt, done for the year. And this is going to be an issue for for the Giants because Barkley is now going into that 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 year that year four starting next September when football starts of the re- of his career and he's gonna want to get paid and let me tell you something he's gonna miss essentially seventeen games. Yeah, 17 games over the last two seasons. That's a lot of football. That's a lot of football for a guy who's giving you essentially, I mean, I know he's their number one option and second option and third option, but he's like I like I mentioned last week when we did the show. He's a guy that's 70 yards, 75 yards and 40 out the backfield for a guy that you drafted number 2. And now he's got a leg injury. I don't know if this is the guy that I'm going to pay and hitch my wagon to. The Giants have problems. Now, they catch a big break this week because the 49ers are going to be banged up. And we'll talk about that when we speak about the 49ers. But the 49ers are are, are a bit are a bit banged up. Uh, they lost. They're going in there with like 30 players, basically, you know, to, to, to play the Giants next week in MetLife. The Packers... The Packers beat the Lions 42-21. And I'll tell you, you know, (laughs) 
The Lions are just a comedy of errors. They jump out 14-3, and then they got outscored 39-7 the rest of the way. And 39-7, and Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams during this game. Rodgers, who, again, has been phenomenal, and he's out to prove everybody wrong, particularly his own organization who drafted another quarterback um, at the top of the draft. Rodgers, six touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, he's playing well right now. Aaron Jones. I tell you, Aaron Jones is playing. Is there a better back than Aaron Jones right now? Aaron Jones is playing phenomenal. 18 for a buck 68 and two scores. Aaron Jones is, is playing phenomenal, phenomenal football. Tennessee escaped. They escaped. I'll tell you, the Jaguars, you got to give them credit. Week one. They go and they get themselves a W versus Indianapolis. Week two, they almost picked off Tennessee. Now, Tennessee was playing without A.J. Brown, and I get that. But, you know, let me tell you something. Jacksonville's competing. Minshaw throwing the ball well. Um, But I will tell you that the story in this game was Tannehill. I mean, Tannehill threw for four TDs. He now has six touchdowns, just like Rodgers. Zero interceptions, just like Rodgers. So that's, right now, that's, he's looking like a phenomenal investment uh, for them. Goskowski for the second game in a row, kicks it through, and 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 and, and that was the game winner for them. They're 2-0, and, and they look to be, you know, right on course where they, where they were. Um, you know, so that that's they're gonna be they're gonna be fine moving forward. They do a lot of things well, Tennessee. A team that's not doing many things well nowadays is the Minnesota Vikings. Oh my lord, do they look terrible? Kirk Cousins. That first of all, that entire offense has been terrible. Kirk Cousins, three interceptions on Sunday. He's got four on the season, two touchdown passes. Cook is averaging less than 60 yards per game over the first two games. I mean, they just look out of sync, unmotivated. And now Anthony Barr is gone on that defense. That defense, which at times could carry you, looks average at best. I mean, the Colts rookie running back, Jonathan Taylor, 26 carries for a buckle one. On a Vikings defense that's normally stout against the run. And I'll tell you what, the Colts have five very winnable games coming up. They have the Jets at home. They're at the Bears. They're at the Browns. The Bengals at home. And then at the Lions. So they could do some damage here moving forward. Um you know, with, 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 with this schedule, um, they're, they're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. The bills traveled to Miami and they took care of business down in, in Miami. I'll tell you in a closer game than most people expected, not the Sergio Rodriguez show, because we gave the dolphins as one of our, uh, one of our picks. We, we gave them, I believe as a five, five, five and a half point dog at home. And I'll tell you what, man, Josh Allen has finally arrived. If not for Russell Wilson, he's the guy that everyone would be saying is the MVP in this league right now. I mean, this 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 weekend against the Dolphins, 417 yards passing, four touchdowns, 
Six touchdowns and zero interceptions this year. He's playing right now just as good a football as you can for a young quarterback. I mean, he's seeing the field well. Progressions are, are good. Stephon Diggs is just benefiting from this kid's maturity in a major way. I mean, Diggs has 16 catches for over 230 yards. Um, you know, Buffalo's going to be tough. And I know that that league is really a two race, a two team race with them in New England. Um, but I just don't know how New England's going to score enough to beat the Bills with the money on the table. I, I, I just, I just believe that as the season goes along, teams are going to be able to scheme up the Patriots because. The quarterback runs, the design runs, those things are going to be less effective. And look, we all know who Cam Newton is. He's a very inconsistent passer from the pocket. And to beat the Bills, who have a good defense, and not only a good defense, top three coaching staff in the NFL. That's going to be, that's going to be tough. The Bills, man, I'm impressed with Buffalo. Two weeks in. Really good. I mean, I knew that and that's a league game. Don't play too much into the score of that game. That's a divisional game. Those games are always tough. And look, Miami's coached well. Miami's one of those teams that's also coached well. But they're just, they get inconsistent quarterback play. Now, Fitzpatrick wasn't bad on Sunday. But from week to week, you never know what you're going to get. And then they went out and they drafted a kid in Tua who eventually is going to play this year. But let's be honest. I mean, Tua is going to be a kid who's going to be injury-plagued his whole career. Uh, uh, again, you can tell me all you want about talent, but the best ability in football is availability. And he's not going to be available, in my opinion, for 16 games every year. One of the losses that the Sergio Rodriguez show did have in their picks was the Jets. I'll tell you, you know, that game, it was usually or is usually a, a, a gambler special West Coast team coming east for a one o'clock game. Always go with the East team. Unless it's the Jets. Oh, my Lord. Are the Jets badly coached? Are the Jets right now just in a terrible, terrible spot? They can't do anything right. They can't throw the ball. They can't run the ball. Defensively, missed tackles all over the place. They draft a guy in Sam Darnold and they surround him with garbage. There is nothing to throw, no one to throw the ball to. They had Le'Veon Bell there. When they had him, they don't give him the ball. Now he's hurt, and they have Frank Gore there who, I mean, he's Frank Gore might be older than me. I mean, the Jets are just inept, inept. And, I mean, Darnold's averaging less than 200 yards a game. I don't know if there's a wide receiver on the Jets that could have started at Alabama last year. That's a fact. And that's a problem, especially when you go and draft a quarterback and you're going to build a team around him. 
On the other side, the 49ers are killed. They just got killed by injuries. And they're back in, like I said earlier in the show, they're back in New Jersey. They didn't fly out west. They flew to West Virginia. And, you know, it's funny because this is very interesting. So the NFL, the NFL did something very interesting with their schedule this year, if you notice. They tried to double up the East Coast trips or the East Coast games for the West Coast teams. So if you notice, um, the the 49ers are playing the Jets and then the Giants, right? Um, the Rams, the Rams are also staying east, if I'm not mistaken. They are playing... Pa, 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 pa. The heck are the Rams playing next week? They might be playing Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're at Buffalo. Um, so that's that's another issue. So they tried to set that up for them so that they could have so they don't have to travel back and forth because, like I said earlier, those West Coast trips become a problem for for teams coming east and playing at one o'clock. And the problem is that there really isn't many, there really isn't many marquee games in the East Coast for these teams. Yeah, the Rams are definitely at Buffalo, 1 o'clock. There aren't many games for these teams to come from West and play in marquee times, right? There are really no 4 o'clock games because the only 4 o'clock window that you would get would probably be New England because they've been elite. All the other teams in the East have been bad, so you're not going to put them in a marquee slot. Jets, Giants are bad. Dolphins are bad. Buffalo until last year was bad. So these teams had been coming over and playing these one o'clock games and, you know, they were complaining to the league. The league now does it. And with COVID, you can't stay in the area. So the 49ers actually had to travel anyway. And so did the Rams. So that's going to be, that's going to be an issue. And that's going to be a good game actually next week. But the 49ers are, uh, and when I said a good game, I'm talking about the the Rams and the uh, and 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 Buffalo, not not the Giants and the 49ers. But the 49ers, I'll tell you what, the Giants could get them next week. The Giants could get them. The 49ers are going to be banged up. Part of the injuries is to the quarterback. Garoppolo's got a foot injury. That you know that's going to be that's going to be an issue. I wonder what the line in that game is. Let me see what the line in that game. The early line in that game. Four. That line opened at six and a half. We'll discuss that later in 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 a, in a in a later segment. But speaking of those Rams, they just dismantled the Eagles. And I'll tell you, Carson Wentz. Oh my God, Carson, Carson, Carson. What have you been doing? I mean, Wentz gave away game one of the year, up seventeen nothing. Gave the game away to the team formerly known as the Redskins, the Washington football team. And Wentz is just struggling right now. Two touchdowns, four interceptions. His QBR is in the 20s, high 20s. But in the 20s, I mean, he's missing open receivers all over the place, not using his checkdowns, which is a staple of, of Carson Wentz. I mean, the guy's just a playmaker, a first-down machine. Footwork looks terrible. I mean... 
the fans are all over him on social media now. And listen, if there were fans in that stadium, they'd have booed him. I mean, these are the same people that booed Santa Claus. They'll boo Carson Wentz. Uh, on the other side, Jared Goff was efficient, sharing the ball. He had five receivers with over, with, with at least one catch of over 20 yards. That's big. That's big. Um, especially when you're trying to game plan for them. But the Eagles, they just kill themselves. Six turnovers in the first two games. They're minus five in the plus minus. That's never gonna, that's never gonna be good. Pittsburgh beat Denver 26-21 in a game that I tell you, Denver actually competed really well. They lose Drew Locke early. They had no Cortland Sutton, who's actually out for the year now. Locke is gonna be out about four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. But they competed well. Big Ben right now is not sharp. Roethlisberger is still, I think, trying to find himself, you know, from, from being out basically all the last year. And, but, you know, but he's doing enough to get it done. The guy's a veteran. And he's going to do enough to get it done, especially to beat a team like Denver, who, again, very talented, but very young. And I'll tell you what, just like a couple of the teams that I mentioned earlier, the Steelers have a favorable schedule moving forward. They have the Texans at home. They have they go to the Titans. Then they come back home to play the Eagles, the Browns, before they have to go play the Ravens. They could run that table. They could run that table. So they're in a good spot um, moving forward. I, I, the Steelers, we knew they were going to be good. We didn't know how good. But now that they're off to a 2-0 start and we look at how the schedule is shaping up, oh, they're a playoff team. And they could do some damage. They could do some damage. Um, Arizona beat Washington 30-15. to And look, the story, the story is Kyler Murray. He looks good. The Cardinals are putting pressure on the 49ers and the rest of that division because the Rams are a good squad. They're probably going to end up losing in Buffalo this week. But it's a winnable game. Seattle has Dallas at home. They're going to go to 3-0. But the 49ers, if they lose and they go to 1-2, they're going to be looking up at three teams, and they already lost to Arizona. They're going to be looking up at three teams that are going to be in the mix. And Arizona's another one of these teams whose schedule shapes up. They have the Lions. Coming up, then they're at the Panthers, at the Jets, and at the Cowboys. So, you know, they those games are all winnable. Um, so they can, you know, they're going to be in the mix. The 49ers, the 49ers are going to struggle to make the playoffs a year removed from the Super Bowl. And and, and it's and, and and again, I know that we're going to go back and look at these injuries. But I don't know if these injuries are going to be are going to tell the full story of the 49ers season. I think they probably would have struggled anyway in this league. I'm not a big Jimmy Garoppolo fan. Anyway, the Chiefs beat the Chargers 23-20 in a game that went to overtime. And I'll tell you, the Chargers contained Mahomes. They did. They 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 held them to 50% completion throughout the game. Um, and he made enough plays to get it done. And listen, he's the best player in the league for a reason. Outside of Russell Westbrook, oh, Russell Westbrook, listen to me. Outside of Russell Wilson, it, you know, 
if you right definitely right now but if you want to you, you could split you could split hairs with who might be the best quarterback in the league right now between those two guys but I'll tell you the most interesting part of that whole game was watching Justin Justin Herbert play the the, the kid from Oregon who was drafted at the top by the Chargers I mean I'll tell you he replaced Tyrod Taylor damn near three minutes before the game started and I'll tell you great presence great size a little nervous early but once he got going 300 yards through for a touchdown, I think they hit a home run. The days of the Tyrod Taylor, uh, the days of Tyrod Taylor being the quarterback there might be about one game. They named him the starter again for week three, but I just don't see how that's going to work. Especially with a team that drafted a quarterback that high. I don't know if they expected this kid to be this ready this early, and and, and he looked he looked good. The Ravens beat the Texans 33-16. to And I'll tell you, the Ravens clearly were not sharp. I think they were looking ahead to that Monday night game next week um, with Kansas City. They were looking ahead. and and But look, they just have too much talent to not win that game. The story in this game to me is Deshaun Watson because he should be showing up every weekend now with a mask and a gun to collect his paycheck. One touchdown pass, one interception, 16 points for a guy making $30 million. And yes, I'm going to harp on this every week, every week, because I've been saying it since the guy came into the league. He's a good football player. He's an above average quarterback. Stop acting like he's a top five quarterback. On the season, he's averaging about 260 passing, and he's got a 55 QBR. He's got two touchdown passes on the year. And I don't want to hear he's playing good defense. I don't want to hear that. He played the Ravens. He played the Chiefs. Fine. Very good teams. Two of the better teams. But guess what? When you make $39 million a year, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Get it done. Get it done, Deshaun Watson. Get it done. Lusa Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com or call them at 973-824-0113. JJ Farber and Lotman, providers of wholesale insurance at competitive rates for small medium businesses. Go to jjfl.com or get an instant quote by calling 844 844- 502-8923. M&J Luxury, Inc. For the most unique experience in the medical transportation business, call M&J, located in New York City with over 1,000 cars at your disposal. M&J is your call. 718-278-222. Or 914-484-7264. Man, I'm struggling with this one. M&J Luxury. I'm struggling with that read. You know, Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball, switching topics here, is going to benefit a lot and is, is benefiting now and is going to benefit moving forward as the playoffs begin from this 60 games uh, and this shortened season due to the uh, COVID because 
a lot of small market teams, a lot of teams that ordinarily would not make the playoffs are going to make the playoffs this year. Now, look, this becomes a double-edged sword because this is almost like the NCAA tournament in basketball where you like the Cinderella stories on week one and two, uh, on, on games one and two, and maybe that first and second weekend into the Sweet 16. But when you get down to the Elite Eight in the Final Four, you want the heavy hitters. They're better for TV, and they're better for the eyes. Baseball's going to be in that situation. Tampa is probably going to be the one seed in the East. The White Sox, Oakland, and Minnesota are going to be two, two through four. All small markets. The White Sox, maybe not because they're a Chicago-based team, but they really have played to be a small market. They haven't been there many times, so they're a fresh face. Toronto's probably going to be the eighth seed, so they're going to get in. That's good for the sport. I think that's good for the sport initially with this expanded playoff, like I said, and to give these, these franchises some life. The National League, you're going to have the same. The Padres have two of the most exciting players in baseball. They're going to get in. The Marlins, a team that under normal circumstances, especially after Jeter taking over and basically dismantling everything in what appeared to be a 5-10 to 10 year rebuild, they're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, but the Mets are not, so... That's that's just comical. That just shows you how badly run the Mets are. And we let's not even get into Brody Van Wagner. That's that's a and I and I read today, as a matter of fact, that the Mets were in such shambles that when Cohen buys the team, he's already got to come out of pocket with a boatload of money because SNY, their network, is in debt. Um the Reds gonna make the playoffs. If, if everything stays status quo. And Milwaukee's got a chance to get in too. So, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. Baseball's going to be okay that first, that first week. I don't know if they're going to want those same teams week two or, or round two. You know, they're going to want the Yankees, the Dodgers, and, 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 and those teams in the playoffs staying alive. But, for the initial jolt, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be good, and it's it's good for baseball to have that. Fairfield Physical Therapy Center, located in the Fairfield Commons Suite G one hundred six, is owned and operated by Justin Solotov, who has over twenty years of experience in the field of orthopedic physical therapy. Call Justin at 973-276-1313. And stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service is recognized as the number one car service in New York City by medical transportation standards. Located in the Bronx, New York, Epic Car Service will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or 844 66 
I'm sorry, 844-666-6278 and tell them that Sergio sent you. Stan Sports Center, one of the oldest and most recognized sporting goods stores in New Jersey, located on Washington Street in Hoboken and Saddlebrook, New Jersey. Stan's has been recognized as a historical institution. Call Stan's at 201-773-6891 or go to their website at stansportsctr.com and tell Alexis or Dan that Sergio sent you. Week three, and we have to obviously go over some of these lines that uh that that can't that 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 are gonna that, you know that came out this week. We're gonna take a look at 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 these lines. And let's start in well, let's start with the Thursday night game. We'll take a quick look. Now you know these picks are gonna come out on Thursday. I'll put them out on Thursday, but let's go, let's go over this real quick. I always wait, and I will always wait. Till I do the show to actually take a look at these lines so that I get the exact feel as I'm looking at them. Um, so here we go. Jacksonville's a three-point favorite at home against Miami on a Thursday night game. Miami played at home, lost to Buffalo. That's going to be, it. look, it's a toss-up game. Anybody can win that game because you don't know what you're going to get from Jacksonville week to week either. I mean, let's not act like, you know, just because they won a game and they played well that they're this juggernaut. But you know what? If they win, they're 2-1, and one, and that's going to be more wins than a lot of teams, including my team, who's the Cowboys. New England is going to be hosting the Raiders. The Raiders, after a great win against the Saints, is going to come in and play... At New England, there are six. New England's a six-point favorite. Totals forty-seven and a half. By the way, the Raiders were great last night. They fell behind seventeen-three, but they hung in there, tied the game at the half, took the lead, and made enough plays to to to, to get that W. The Raiders have a couple of things working for them. Number one. They have a lot of answers offensively. They have an elite-level running back. Waller's a very good tight end. They have a good receiver in rugs. Renfro can get some separation. They And Carr's playing really good football. Really good football through two weeks. So we'll see how they go, but they're 2-0. Buffalo's a 2.5-point favorite at home against the Rams. That's going to be probably the game of the week. Uh, just looking at both teams being 2-0. Uh, and I, when I say the, the game of the week, I'm talking about obviously on Sunday because we know the Monday night game, it might be the game of the year. But the game of the day on Sunday might be Rams-Buffalo if you really want to watch two teams that are really well coached and a, a, a toss-up game. Weather won't be a factor, obviously, because it's still not cold in Buffalo. So no excuses for the Rams. Um, Pittsburgh is a four-point favorite at home against Houston. Let's go, Deshaun Watson. Or will you show up on Monday to collect that paycheck with that mask again? The 49ers are a four-point favorite on the road against the Giants. The Giants could get them. The Giants could definitely get them. The 49ers have a lot of injuries. 
This is a chance for the Giants to get an early win in their schedule. If the Giants ever lose this game, just pack it up, take your 2-14, and 14 and call it a day. Tennessee is a 2.5-point favorite on the road, and I'm going to tell you right now, Minnesota looks juicy in this game. I'm telling you that on Tuesday, unless the line moves, I'm going to probably be all over Minnesota. Cleveland is a seven-point favorite at home against the team formerly known as the Redskins, the Washington football team. You know, they, Cleveland's got a chance to get a W here. No excuses. Go to two and one and see where, 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 where the season takes you from there after a terrible opening week. Philadelphia is a six-point favorite over Cincinnati. And look, I, I don't know if Philadelphia is good enough to be a six-point favorite over a high school team right now, let alone an NFL team. But that line, they might be trying to tell you something. Atlanta's a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home versus the Bears. Atlanta coming off an 0-2 start and, and just a terrible, terrible game against the Cowboys. Just giving that game away. Play a Bears team who's up on the opposite end, 2-0. and Atlanta's going to have to save their season at 1 o'clock. The Colts are an 11-point favorite against the Jets. I don't know who's going to be watching that game other than the six Jet fans that I know, the parents of the players, and the Colts fans. That's And they're putting that game on at 4 o'clock. If you have nothing better to do, go do it. If, if, just go do whatever you have to do on Sunday at 4 o'clock. Go do it. Don't even bother with that game. The Chargers are a six and a half point favorite at home against Carolina. The Chargers, I'm going to be interested to see how long the leash is for Tyrod Taylor if he struggles early in the game after the way that, that Justin Herbert played. Arizona's a five and a half point favorite at home against Detroit. Here it is, Arizona. Here's your chance. Cement your season. Cement your season. Go out and win this. Don't stumble. You're getting a you're getting a, a a bad Detroit team coming to your place. Tampa's a six point favorite going on the road to play Denver. Denver with a lot of injuries also, and Drew Locke, like I mentioned earlier, out four to six. The marquee game at four o'clock is going to be Seattle and Dallas. Seattle's going to be a five point favorite in this game. And the total's 55 and a half. So what are they telling you? Dallas ain't stopping anybody. Dallas ain't stopping anybody. So I, I just can't see a way that the Cowboys go into Seattle and win this game. If they do, if they do, I will be very disappointed in Seattle as a team that I expect to be in the NFC championship game. I would be shocked if the Cowboys go there and get it done. The Sunday night game, New Orleans is a three-point favorite over Green Bay. New Orleans will bounce back. I heard a lot of talk today about Drew Brees and how he might be done. Stop. Stop. When I was watching the game today, prepping for the show, and I was going through some video and stuff like that, there was a lot of mistakes by the receivers. A lot of mistakes by the receivers. Remember, they're also playing without Michael Thomas. Drew Brees, 
is he the Drew Brees of six, seven years ago? No, obviously not. But he's got enough in the tank. Stop. And listen, what might be the game of the year, Baltimore's a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Kansas City. Um, let's see what happens in this game. It's going to be interesting to see how both teams come out and attack each other. The spread at 53-and-a-half is telling you that there's going to be a lot of points scored there. But these games traditionally end up being a chess match early. Very, very few haymakers thrown in these games. Usually when, when two big heavyweights like this get together, uh, particularly early in the year. So let's see, let's see how that goes. And the winner of that is going to have the leg up on the number one seed, which is more important than in years past in, 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 in the NFL, because with the seven teams making the playoffs, the one seed actually is the only one that actually gets to keep the buy now. So with that said, that'll conclude show two for the Sergio Rodriguez show. I appreciate everybody that listened, everybody that listened to, to the first one. We're going to be doing this obviously every week. Thank you for all the love and all the feedback that I got back to my producer, Dennis Straub. Thank you. I'm going to integrate this young brother into the show next week. And uh, we're definitely going to start getting some guests in. Uh, we wanted to get the show into a little bit of a rhythm before we start popping people up and doing some interviews. But until next week and show number three, this is Sergio Rodriguez. And thank you for listening to the Sergio Rodriguez Show.